Well, first of all, I'll just let you know, it's good to be back and the retreat in North Andover, Massachusetts went really well. There are now more people who are meditating effectively, which is bound to have an effect on everyone around them. So that's a good thing. Very pleased with that. Um, seems like there was something, it seems like there were a bunch of other things in my mind, it's kind of gone blank. Oh, oh, yeah, another minor thing. I have some good news from Wisdom Books. Mm-hmm. Yay! Not yet, but they said they want to go ahead. Books is uh, a publisher. Yes. Okay. And uh, I've been writing a book on meditation method that I teach. And uh, yeah. And I wanted to publish it with him. So <clears throat> it's taken a while. <laughs> it looks like it's going to happen. Like I say, no contract yet. I think it could always fall apart, right? <laughs> but actually, I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> I think I told you that when we first submitted it, they said, well, it has to be made, put in a much more personable voice, more nurturing, easier to read. So we worked really hard on redoing the chapters that we sent to them so that, so that they were like that. And so then we sent it to them again three weeks ago, and that three weeks ended last uh, Friday, and I got this email back that was talking about, well, there's still some things, blah, blah, blah. Wanted to, actually, he said he wanted to, uh, he, he thought we could cut the text by a third. I said, <laughs> if you cut the text by a third, you're going to reduce the value and uh, usefulness of it by more than half. So I'm not going to do <laughs> And I said, you know, I said, I'd really like to, I'd really like to work with you because of all the publishers, you know, the kind of things that Wisdom publishes. And I thought, like, it's just right. But I said, you know, I'll do it on my own if you don't work with me. I got an email back in less than 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. Anyway, that's that's the good news. Some of the good news. Yes. So we're going to, uh, uh, you know, we've been making some changes, trying to make things better, trying to respond to uh, people's needs and requests. And so I'm going to talk to you about some of those things tonight. Did everyone get the email about our new proposed yes. curriculum? Okay. So. Yes, uh, we will con- continue to do these sessions in a question and answer format, but we are going to have a topic and we're going to stay on topic. <laughs> okay, and uh, I know, you don't believe it. I don't know, but we are. 
<laughs> but but the, the topics are organized in in the, in the sequence like a curriculum, so that we will go through all of the major dharma top, uh, dharma topics in order over a period of time, and um, working very closely closely with me on that uh, are Jordan and Autumn and uh, Shelley and uh, also. Known as Upasika Dhammadipa. And uh, so they will be, when we're on a topic, I've discussed it with you, and then uh, they will carry on follow up discussions with you. So uh, we'll be doing a, a progression, but we're going to try to do it in such a way that you don't get left behind if you can't come sometime. I mean, of course, always there, there will be the recordings that. Uh, will be available for you to listen to if you're not there tonight. But it, we're going to do it in such a way that even if you haven't listened to those recordings, it, come when you, when you can, and uh, you, won't, you won't feel left behind. But we will be following an orderly, orderly progression of topics. And I'll talk more about that in a little while. Yeah? Are you uh, Okay. Um, a few other things. Uh, I set this timer to ring at 8.30, and I want everyone to know that when that timer goes, feel free to stand up and uh, do your namaste and be on your way, <laughs> even if we're in the middle of answering a question, okay? So, and we'll, we'll try to end more consistently on time, but when that timer goes, please feel free to leave. Okay, um, and we're going to continue the practice of having everyone introduce themselves so that we all get to know each other better over time, and uh, actually do that in a few minutes. Um, we're going to try to uh, get in the habit of giving an overview of what we're going to talk about in the beginning, and then trying to summarize it a bit at the end. Might be one of the most challenging things <laughs> to do. Could always ask you. So, what do we talk about tonight? Yeah. And then I'll say, "Gee, I don't remember." <laughs> <laughs> but okay. And to help us keep on topic, uh, Jordan has a notebook, and if questions come up that are are uh, not really on the topic, we'll make a note of them so that. When we come to that topic, we'll we'll address it. Okay. Way too organized. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it sounds that way, but if you mix my natural inclination to the way too organized program, you might come out with something workable. Semi on topic. <laughs> the middle way. The what? The middle way. The middle way. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, well, why don't, why don't we do the uh, names, the introductions right now? Let's <clears throat> get that happening. So we start over here. I'm Jordan. I'm Autumn. I'm Beatrice. I'm behind here. My name's Larry. I'm Lynn. <laughs> Susan. Shelley. Jessica. George. Mike. Randall. Jim. 
Shell. Steven. Shelly. Henry. Amanda. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Another thing that I'm going to try to do on the lines of getting more organized is you may uh, have already realized that I'm being asked to do more retreats that involve my going away. And, uh, and of course, uh, if this book is published, that's probably going to create more demands on my time than writing it has. So what I want to do is... I want to plan a calendar for our events here at TCNC um, for long periods in advance so that uh, as things come up, I can incorporate them into that schedule in a way that has the least impact. That's, that will be one of the things that we're going to work on doing. Work on doing. Um, part of that is uh, trying to establish a regular schedule so that the evenings I'm here alternate with the evenings that Jordan and Autumn will be conducting uh, discussions that are follow-ups, and that uh, Damadipo will be doing the same thing on the other alternate weeks when I'm not here. Okay? And um, they are fabulous uh, teachers, and I hope that you'll still want to come hear me after you've attended a few of their sessions. <laughs> That's why I get to introduce the main topic, so that I still get to see you from time to time. <laughs> nice of them to let you. Yes, yes, it is. It's quite wonderful. Another thing that we have usually been doing is uh, a little bit of chanting after the break. And Pam and I discussed that. It wasn't really accomplishing the purposes of chanting. And uh, so we thought, rather than doing that as a regular thing, it would be something that we would do on special occasions and do it in such a way that it has more of a kind of effect that it's intended to have. Okay. So you'll notice we didn't do that tonight. So. Yes? Can you say a sentence or two about what effect is intended? That, that wasn't doing that we might be doing instead. Well, if you chant, if you chant for a sufficiently long period of time, and of course it depends on the kind of chant and how you do it, it puts you into a different mental state, and uh, a, a, a quite quite nice one. So, uh, for example, I found that with things like chanting mantras, where you chant the same thing over and over again, it takes about twenty minutes, and then you get into quite an altered state. And of course, we won't be doing too much of that. But anybody who's ever done that knows what I mean. And anyone that hasn't, you know, uh, it's worth trying sometimes. Just take a take a common mantra like Om Mani Padme Hum and try chanting that out loud for 20 minutes and see what happens. <laughs> it, it really does have an effect. But there are other kinds of things other ways of chanting, and as a matter of fact, is it okay to mention the Heart Sutra? Mm. Yeah. That uh, at some point, Pam is preparing uh, a chanting of the Heart Sutra, uh, and actually I think we'll make copies available to everyone so that they can follow along with that. 
but that's something it will do sometime. And uh, it's beautiful and it's thought provoking and it's actually very conducive to uh, discussion afterwards to do something like that. Another sutra that is often chanted and is well worth chanting is uh, what's sometimes called the Metta Sutta, uh, Loving Kindness Sutra. Things, things like that are something that we can do that have that kind of effect. And then there's the kind of chants that we were doing little tiny tastes of, which are a kind of elevating, you, use, you use, sing the chant together, you do it in rounds, and it just kind of creates an atmosphere, it connects everyone. So there's a place for all of those kinds of things, but we won't. We'll do it properly rather than little bits stuck in. Um, would you like to say something? <laughs> I wonder what you were going to say. Oh, me too. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I guess the thing that makes most sense to talk about is, is what we're doing and how we're going to do it. Some of you will have uh, attended the last uh, weekend teaching retreat I did uh, on uh, the Buddha Dhamma coming to the West. And so this is basically the basis for what we're going to be doing. We're going to be going through the essentials of the Buddha Dhamma uh, over this period of time, and following more or less a similar format. So actually, those of you that weren't there that weekend, you might like to go to the Dharma Treasure website and uh, download the handout from that weekend. Um, George, is, it's easily accessible? It's, it's easy to find. Easy yeah. to find. Okay, great. Yeah, so it's a, it's a file there that you can just download and print. And uh, we'll be more or less following the same format as that, uh, starting with the Four Noble Truths and moving on to the Eightfold Path. The Eightfold Path, the first two parts of the Eightfold Path are the discursive intellectual parts, and the rest are all practice. So uh, we're not going to be doing a segment on right speech and right action and right livelihood and right effort and right uh, mindfulness and right concentration. Rather, we're going to try to weave in the practice elements with the, what you might call the theory aspect of the Dharma as we go along. Yes? Something about the handout. Um, one of the things that we're going to try to do as part of this is the email that a bunch of you got that introduced this and kind of lay out the outline. About every month when the email goes out about the schedule and the plan, there will also be included in that email will be the topics, as well as segments from that flyer or from other, uh, not flyer, from that handout, from that retreat, or from other handouts that are pertinent to each one of those topics. So there will be little readings that you can, if you feel like, doing beforehand or afterwards to kind of like supplement it along the way. Mm -hmm. And they'll also be posted on the Facebook page for Dharma Treasure. And then the other idea, by the way, is that afterwards, um, on that Facebook page, there can be continued discussion about the topic that goes on between Thursdays. Yes. 
and another thing I'll just mention, I'm sure it won't surprise most of you, is this curriculum is going to be Buddha Dharma. It's not going to be any form of Buddhism. Uh, it's not going to be any religious form. It's going to actually be based on what the Buddha himself taught, and he did not he did not create or teach a religion. He taught he taught suffering and the end of suffering, <laughs> which also, as it turned out, the only way that you can bring suffering to an end is through the attainment of wisdom, and with wisdom comes compassion. So, really, he taught uh, the path to wisdom and compassion. So, so, that's what we're going to be talking about. It, is, it, it, it will not be religious Buddhism in any of its forms. It'll be the straight stuff. <laughs> How are you defining religion? Well, <clears throat> in this case, we can discern as religious some set of beliefs that existed prior to the Buddha uh, or separate from the Buddha or was added into one of the forms of Buddhism after uh, the passing of the Buddha that provides a particular metaphysical way of looking at reality that is, involves some component of belief rather than direct experience. So there's a lot of things in religious forms of Buddhism that are actually, they don't sit well side by side with the Buddha Dharma that the Buddha taught. So I'm, I'll be happy to talk about that. I'm not going to teach you that things are that way. Rather, I'm going to teach you what the Buddha said, and we'll talk about how those things compare with what the Buddha said. So I think that's far more important. And uh, I think that's the version of the Buddha Dharma that we need. I mean, we, we are uh, we're people that are used to a certain amount of critical thinking. And um, that's certainly, that's certainly what the Buddha was offering. It's things that you could think about, and then in addition to thinking about them critically, you could go and do and verify for yourself. Everything is ultimately verified through your own experience. But it also is taught in a way that it makes sense so that it gives you the confidence that you need to do the practice to verify it for yourself. And... That's the main difference between religious Buddhism and Buddha Dharma. Yeah? Uh, do you want me to put that chart up someplace? Think that would be a good idea? I, I, what I'm actually thinking that I'd like to do, I, I have such grandiose ideas these days. <laughs> 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 I, I'd like to use that chart and other things to make uh, a series of PowerPoint slides mm. that we can use. So, we were, you know, when I'm, uh, people tell me over and over again, I sit here and I rattle off the seven this and the ten that and the three this, and it's like, what was that? <laughs> so I'd, I'd like to get, I'd like to get that in the form of PowerPoint slides so that if we're talking about the ten whatevers, you know, it's, it's up there and people can refer to it as we go along. Um, at some point, it may be appropriate to put the chart itself up. Let's see. So we'll see how that goes. Where is it now? Right now, it's uh, 
Um, I believe it's sitting against my, the side of my desk, waiting to be converted into PowerPoint. <laughs> What do you think? Love it. Love it. Great. Westward Ho. Westward Ho. I still didn't hear. Westward Ho. Westward Ho. Okay, yeah. Let the wagons roll. Can you ever remember the TV show uh, Rawhide? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yeah. But do you know what his name was in the show? No. Rowdy Yates. <laughs> so a lot of PowerPoint in that in that show. <laughs> I, I believe so. <laughs> I would like to second the idea about the PowerPoint and the visuals. Um, because when you sit here and you hear, you know, a, a linear outline yeah. of things, uh, I'm such a visual person and experiential kind of person, and so anything we can introduce is yes. very, very helpful. Yeah, so we want to make, I, these, all of these things are very, very powerful tools, mm -hmm. so we want to use them, and use them in, in, in a way that's really effective. You know, it seems like we're getting more and more need for a computer projector. Does, does yes. it? And maybe one will float down from heaven. I <laughs> probably will. How much do they cost him? About eight hundred bucks. The one that I the one that I have here is um, only three hundred, and it works really well. And it's here, so you can take we can take that on the specs if we want to look in and get in the same one. It's here today. Yeah. So it's him. You can try it. No. I got the computer in it together. I didn't bring my computer. What about I just, computer. What about just using it Thursday nights? We only use it once every mm -hmm. month or twice a month. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that would be fine. We could use that. And I usually have yeah. a little laptop. It floated down from heaven. Right. It's amazing. That's yeah. great too. Well, I was thinking about uh, maybe somebody has one laying around that, that never gets used, or they might like to donate one, or Start a fund to get one. Or, so yeah. we the Amrick one gets used like eight nights a year or something. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty close to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it will happen. Yeah, it will. The boom is gone. Power is gone. What if you were here? Is yeah. there someone that is volunteering to put these? Take this and tend that on the PowerPoint, or should we start a list of what we need and maybe not yet solidify Jordan your notebook and <laughs> jobs that need to be fulfilled? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're looking a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> I'm really not a PowerPoint expert, but I thought if we had it concrete and a list, Jordan, that Mm -hmm. We need a PowerPoint person for XYZ fairly soon. Yeah, yes, we could. Does anybody here know PowerPoint? I'll do it. Oh, for all science. In all your spare time, right? That's it. Prolong my graduate studies as long as possible. <laughs>
That's I'm actually good. Here. It keeps you from moving away. <laughs> ten seconds here. Yeah. Seconds Get more here. people involved. <laughs> if there's other people that can do it, want to do it, help you do it, it, it creates the saga. So just to be clear, so you just want to have like a few slides with the main list. You don't want to have a PowerPoint talk for every every Dharma talk, right? Uh, that, that, that's right. To begin with, to begin with, I have the main things on PowerPoint yeah. slides. Actually, there's a book that I remember seeing a number of years ago. I don't have a copy of it, but I think it was called Buddhism by the Numbers, and it would be perfect for this. Mm -hmm. Every every page was one of these lists of things that we use. You, you what? I That's think I remember something yeah. like that. So, oh, yes. Anyway, there's something like, or, or we can make it up, or whatever. We can make it up. Yeah. If it doesn't exist, great. Can we start? That's good. <laughs> so, well, I think that in the uh, proper pedagogical fashion, <laughs> what I should be doing now is probably um, outlining the curriculum that we're going to follow, is that right? Okay, all right. So, fortunately, we happen to have it written here. This helps a lot. Um, so, we're going to begin with uh, uh, good in the beginning, good in the middle, and good in the end. Why walk? Oh, that's such a big topic. You really squeeze that in? Okay, we can. <laughs> I, I say that that's such a big topic. It's such an important topic. Because, because this, our, our society, the world we live in, is one that is promoting in every possible way exactly the wrong values. It yeah, and, and you know this. It promotes greed. It promotes selfishness and self-interest. It teaches children from the time that they're able to talk that the most important thing is to take care of yourself and get what you want and get as much of it as you can. The greed, greed and selfishness are strongly established social values undisputably. And even though there's a lot of lip service paid to their opposite, uh, they still remain the driving values in our society, which means that all of us who grew up in this society, we, we got filled with that. And we're carrying it around. And we're acting out of it. And it's affecting us. And it's causing our suffering and it's contributing to the suffering of other people. Then the other thing that, strangely enough, we've managed to glorify is hatred. Hatred, aversion, dislike. We distinguish who is like us and who is different from us. We've learned, and you see it in this society, you see it in the newspapers, in the, in the evening newscasts. We bond antithetically. We belong to a group because we're all against the same thing. And it runs in many subtle ways through our society. I mean, there is the overt hatred, you know, the, 
the, the racism and the sexism and the, everything else that everybody that you're already aware of. But there's also so much of this subtle us against themness, you know, which was even the problem in you know the Occupy Wall Street, the one percent. It created an us and them, and and it, it of course it did, because in spite of the the good wishes and the good intentions of the people that were doing that. They had been indoctrinated in this kind of thinking. Our society values basically this kind of alienation and aversion and separatism. And the other thing that's valued in this society, strangely enough, is delusion. Have you thought about that? We're taught to take pride in holding on to our delusions. It's dressed up in fancy terms like, like the power of your convictions. But your ability to withstand logic and reason <laughs> is actually prized. It's prized in business. It's prized in politics. And, and, yeah. So, delusion. I mean, and, and we have so many delusions. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and we're taught that we're, we're, many of the delusions themselves are taught as values. So that's, that's why, well, at the social level, that's why it's important to get as many people as possible following this path. At an individual level, it is your way to free yourself of all of the problems that come from these inappropriate values. And that's one of the first things that we're going to talk about, is how, how your suffering comes from uh, greed, selfishness, desire, hatred, aversion, and delusion. Yes? If you're the only one on the block who has become free of greed, hatred, and delusion, and everyone around you is still immersed in it, how do you... You still have to live inside this society. You, how do you... How do you yes. Know? One of the problems that you do have, you do not have the problem that that if you're not acting greedfully and, and hatefully and deludedly that you can't survive. That's not a problem, actually. It's just the opposite. You'll be able to do much, much better. The problem that you're going to have is you're going to see all this craziness going on around you, and it becomes clearer and clearer. The, the clearer things come in your mind, then the more ridiculous it seems what's going on around you. And that's hard to take. And then people you care about, and you see, and you realize, how <clears throat> much they're creating their own misery. And they don't want to hear what you have to say. You know, there's that natural desire, well, you know, let me tell you. I, I can tell you what to do. They don't want to hear one of the things that you'll find as you start to understand yourself better and you start to apply that understanding to other people is people are actually attached to their suffering. They do not want to give it up. How did we get to the point where we crossed, <clears throat> I don't want to hear it, into, well, I could go and listen to one lecture maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we all wound up in this room by some path ourselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
and we, if everything you premise is true, we started out just as filled with the crud, and here we are. So these that we love, who don't want to hear it, surely something would step them on the path, and you could just kind of put a tree branch out in front to, for them to trip just a little. And it, skillful it, means. We, you know, it's very important to develop skillful means. Skillful means. Skillful means. Skillful means. And part of the process of developing skillful means is that you do things unskillfully and you recognize that and acknowledge it and confront it face to face. And that didn't work. <laughs> That's right. That didn't work. And be willing, be willing to do whatever you can to remedy the undesirable consequences and try really hard to do something better next time. Skillful means is really important. And that's going to be on the curriculum. Well, it's, 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 a, it, it's something that I really hope the way that we'll deal with it is, uh, I mean, skillful means requires that you have a really clear understanding. And so that as we're discussing things and as our understanding improves, then people are going to be trying to apply this in their life. And then if you come back here and you're willing to talk about the things that you tried that did work and the things you tried that didn't work, then we're going to have some real dialogue about skillful means. You know, and that's why, I, I, you know, if you tried something with the best of intentions and it didn't turn out, that's a wonderful topic for us to discuss. Yeah. We should figure out why it didn't work and how you could have made it work better. So, the way I look at it, the way I look at the situation, I'll say what you did, but I'll put it in slightly different terms. Everyone we know, just like us, started out with a Buddha nature and a set of inherent tendencies and predispositions. And then, <clears throat> as they went through their life, moment by moment, day by day, and incident by incident, those predispositions and tendencies interacted with what was happening in the world to bury that Buddha nature. So the friends and neighbors that you see who are unhappy and creating their own happiness, beneath that is the same Buddha nature that they were born with. And what we're really trying to do for ourselves and what skillful means will help us to do for others is to try to find our way through all of those accretions to reveal that Buddha nature that was always there and that really is our own true nature. That's the way that I think of this. And it was your Buddha nature that brought you here. Something inside of you was directing you. There's other ways that you could go, but something inside of you provided the sense the intuition, the direction, whatever, that you didn't want to go those ways. And then that there must be some there must be some better way to go. And um, the result of this path is that you are going to become a much happier person and you're going to become a much better person 
And even if that by itself is skillful means, even if you never say anything or do anything in an overt attempt to share with somebody else what you've discovered, living your life in that way is going to have a huge impact on everyone around you. That is skillful means. So you're going to become a much happier person. You're going to become a person whose happiness doesn't depend upon circumstances and whose boat doesn't get rocked so violently by the things that happen. Shit happens. <laughs> and as we talked about early, we're all going to die. So, rather than fighting against that, we need to find a completely different way. And that completely different way is what this path is about. When you walk this path, life does become an adventure. And every part of life becomes an adventure. And death becomes an adventure. And that's what we want. Because after all, why are we here? Well, you know the answer, don't you? We're just here to have fun. <laughs> and we can have fun no matter what the world throws at us. All it pisses them off. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not our problem. No, it isn't. Be ready. <laughs> so that that's that's why that's why we should do that. You should do it you should do it for your own sake. You're going to begin to do it for reasons that can quite justifiably be described as selfish. And that's quite all right, because that's, that's where you start. You start selfishly wanting not to have as much suffering and unhappiness and difficulty in your life, and selfishly wanting to have more fun. That's, that, and that's perfect, because if you do it in this way, rather than the other ways that the worldly values of of greed and hatred and delusion teach. If you do it in this way, not only is it going to succeed for you, but it's going to have a great benefit on everyone that you're around. Everybody you live with and work with, live next door to, and uh, buy something from in a store, it's just, it's just going to keep going out in all those different ways. And as you become less selfish, you'll be able to look back and say, well, I've already been having a positive impact beyond just making myself happy. Which is not to be, which becoming more happy yourself is nothing to be, uh, to, to scoff at. It's very important. But doing it in the right way. And the wrong way is thinking your happiness comes from something outside of yourself. So, that's, that's going to be that's going to be part of the curriculum. Right. It sounds sounds as though the root philosophy is the same, it's just the tactics are the different. Taking care of yourself is exactly what you just described. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you see the thing is that the self that we think we are, the way we think of it, is 
and a loser. And so if you take care of yourself in the right way, you'll get past that illusion. And so taking care of yourself begins to be, you know, as you no longer perceive, perceive yourself as separate, but rather as interconnected with everything, then taking care of yourself becomes totally, something totally different from what it was before. And uh, then the next topic that we'll take up, I'm, I'm already thinking, it's been a long time on just what I outlined already. <laughs> but I think what we'll do is we'll go through things and then eventually we'll come back to everything. So we can keep going deeper and deeper. So we don't need to plumb everything to its ultimate depths on the first pass. But then the next thing we'll talk about is, uh, in more detail, what, what is the goal of this path? Uh, you know, what is this weird liberation, enlightenment, awakening? What do these things really mean? And how do they come about? And so that's, that's going to be an important topic. It's really good when you start out on a path. At least have some idea of where you're going. It helps... It, it, it uh, helps you to make sure that uh, it's where you want to go, and that uh, and that you can succeed in getting there. Because if you don't think you can make it to the end, uh, you might be hesitant to take the first step, or the second step, or the third step. And so we need to talk about that. Far too long, these words like enlightenment. Awakening, self-realization, and stuff like that—they're so nebulous and hard to understand, and kind of mystical and magical and make-believe-ish and so forth. So we need to get beyond that. We need to get to a more concrete level with them, where you can see that, yeah, this is this is something I can do. This is a place that I can get to, and I can see how. Following this path can move me in that direction. So, the next topic is preparing the soil, how to approach the path. Can you remind me what that? <laughs> we kind of talked about how, from the beginning, there's a certain set of stances and approaches that are very beneficial. Things like um, approaching with joy for self-criticism, things like the role of doubt and skepticism, you know, in the path. All these different ways of how we relate to the information and to the practices that we're getting, that from the beginning to kind of get that in order. Right. So really, yeah, okay, thanks, I'm reminded now. This really gets into the practice aspect of it, you know, because uh, this is what happens. People, for whatever reason, become inspired to take up meditation or some other practice, and then they get into this attitude of expectations, judging themselves, which automatically leads to disappointment and frustration. And uh, uh, there is there is a right attitude. Uh, it isn't the attitude that, well, I am the one in charge of my mind, so I'm going to make my mind do what I want it to do. I just that doesn't work. There's a lot of things about 
attitude that we'll get a chance to talk about. So you see what we're going to do is we're going to begin with these topics I've just gone over, just kind of getting ourselves ready to get into the nitty-gritty. After that will come the nitty-gritty, the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. You know, lots of opportunities to, to discuss those. But everything should feed back to these first things that we talked about. You know, why walk the path? What is enlightenment? And, and the right attitude with which to approach the path. Somebody like to say something? Yes? I have a couple of thoughts. One is, um, it sounds like tonight was sort of a night to get acquainted with the whole new idea of how we're going to do things rather than covering the first topic. Yes. Um, so, as, so is the next time we see you then we'll be covering the first? Okay. And then the second thing is, I'm wondering if maybe the first half hour from 6 to 6.30 could just be added to the after meditation. We could do meditation 6 to 6.45 or I don't know, somehow rearrange the time so that we had longer for um, discussion all at once. I don't know what everyone would think of that, but instead of breaking it up for half an hour, then meditation, then, you know, what is it? However long we have afterwards. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. hear your thoughts on that. Well, one of the things we talked about, and I don't know if this kind of approaches that, was that, you know, in the past, the first 30 minutes were Q&As on meditation practice. So they didn't always, didn't always stay like that, but that was the intention. And, um, and so we were thinking that because, you know, these topics will be brought up, and then the next week there'll be a kind of a group discussion where we're all working with them in our own lives, day-to-day -day practice, experiencing them. And uh, in the course of those two weeks in between, uh, when Chuladas is here, there will be kind of deeper questions that may arise about them. And it seemed like the first 30 minutes, keeping it both still with the Q&A on meditation practice, but also having that be an area where we could kind of ask questions that emerged from the previous discussions and the previous topics. Okay. And that would also create a bridge from the previous conversations into the then next topic. And it might also kind of, depending on what arises, kind of also segue into the 45 minutes after, or the hour yeah, after. But I, I think that Tess has identified something else, which is that <clears throat> we're breaking it up into two, into three sessions, two of one kind and one of another. And that's really had something to do with sometimes why we go over. We get in the middle of a great discussion, and it's 8.30, and then it's 8.40, and then it's 8.45, and so forth. And it might be easier to stay within the structure if instead of having 45 minutes and half an hour separately, we have an hour and 15 minutes. So I would really like to hear your thoughts on that. Especially what happened for a long time is that there would be relatively few people here at six. <laughs> over the course of a half an hour, people would gradually dribble in. Um, but I noticed that that was less and less the case. Now, by five after six or so, we've usually got a pretty full room. And so if people are able to do that, you know, to be able to come consistently, then we could, uh, we could start the meditation earlier and have a longer discussion period afterwards. Yeah? I like that idea a lot. Yeah. And I think... Um, 
that the depth of conversation that can happen if it's concentrated like that will be much greater. Yeah. And I also think um, that it, it does, the energy gets broken up several times again with the break in the middle where we get in, involved with lots of conversations and that's fun and, and there's the social part that's really important too, but then it's really hard to get back and limit that just to the 15 minutes. And so um, maybe we need a 20 minute break and, and yeah. sit right down and meditate at the beginning and then um, are really ready for some in-depth discussion and we can really wrap up by the it, it does get late and it's, nobody wants, I don't want to leave, you know, it's, it's hard to tear away. I like the idea of just coming, getting settled, having meditation, doing what people have been talking about, but I have concern. Um, part of my understanding of that first 30 minutes was for people who've never been here, for people who really want to ask this, what if I do it wrong? You know, beginner, beginner. I've never done this, and I really need some help. I don't want to close out that opportunity by having this, this pretty advanced work. And if you if you're just new in off the street, it can be very intimidating. And oh, I guess I don't need to be here. I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to scare people off. That's a very very good point. Yeah. And actually, there's some people here for the first time. I'd love to hear your thought. Reaction to everything you've heard, including especially that. <laughs> I mean, my gut feeling—I—I I like the idea of the flow of having a, a greater space to discuss. Um, you know, I mean, granted, I have a meditation background, so maybe that actually—that doesn't speak to her point. But um, I think that there's 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 so much that's given back through investment of time that echoes back. And I also have meditation experience, so I was freaked out by the idea of starting immediately with a 45-minute sit, and then an hour and 15-minute discussion after. But I do see the value in having maybe even 15 minutes at the beginning where people can ask questions or you know, welcome people more to the orientation than a half hour before people sit. Maybe make that a little bit more of a Q&A, because new people might not want to sit yeah. in a group like this and they would be intimidated to ask a question about, you know, where do I hold my mind? Yeah, I really second that, that 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 gets part becomes part of the orientation yeah. because mm -hmm. I yeah. noticed that when you're not here, you know, people people don't ask those questions during the first half an hour. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've noticed that too. Yeah, that, that even though that half hour is reserved for that, it's rare that we don't actually just get into a similar discussion that that yeah. we have after <laughs> meditation. <too. laughs> Speaking from my own experience, coming here as a raw beginner <clears throat> not too long ago, uh, to be immediately presented as I was that night with a 45-minute sit was in itself intimidating. I thought, oh my god. <laughs> sure enough, I got through it, but I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and, I think a little preparation is a good thing for a beginner. It was for me. It would have been for me. You know, I know you've heard me go on and on and on about sangha building, okay? And how important it is for the overall flourishing of the practice, right? What I'd like to see happen is when, when whatever time it is ending, whether it's 8.30 or whatever time, 
It's ending. <clears throat> Done. No more drag on questions until 9.45. So that that period can be, can be a little social connection between people afterward. That's a very good point, too. And just looping back, I, I really like the idea. I think the orientation is extremely important, too. Um, and I really like the idea of seeing that 5.30 to 6 time formalize a little bit more, maybe, and becomes the, the time that's more intimate, generally informative, but also a really great opportunity to ask questions of those who are so kind to volunteer your time at that point. That would be, I think, a really important thing to continue to strengthen. These are definitely very important considerations. We can't, you know, think in terms of one group of people, it makes sense, oh, let's consolidate it all into a longer, serious talk we're leaving out somebody by doing that. We don't want to do that. Instead, what we want to do is address those people's needs more effectively than we are. So what I suggest that we do is uh, for and, and, and until we've come to a firm conclusion, which will get posted in TCMC and on Dharma Treasure and everything else, we'll stay with the schedule we have, but uh, we're going to all give the... Uh, the Dharma Treasure Board will help me in this, I hope. We're going to all give this really serious consideration, you know, and uh, any of you that want to join into that, Wanda, Tim, Chris, anybody else, so that we can we can make a change, but when we make the change, it's going to do one that's going to serve everyone in the best possible way. So we won't do it precipitously and change it tonight. We're, we're going to make a change in the scheduling in, in a way that, that works better for everybody. Okay? So, um, we're only six minutes over. Anybody have any more? <laughs> 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 right, thank you very, very much.